Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate, have we ever talked about AI? Yes. Oh. <laughs> In what way? You asked me, what is AI? And I said, it's a thing that exists. Yeah. Yep. And that was the, was that the extent of our conversation? Uh, I think you brought something up, but then I stopped paying attention. So. Oh, got it. <laughs> and now I don't know if this thing that I was going to bring up is something that I've already brought up before. Which is? Uh, AI, now they're making AI books, putting them on Amazon and using actual authors, like names and saying that they're the authors of the books when they're really not. That's what you brought up before was that AI was creating books and selling them because someone bought right. one but about rabbits. But this is a new part. This is a new part. Now they're putting actual authors' names on the books to try to sell them that way, isn't even that, though the authors uh, did not write the books. Isn't that illegal? You can't copyright a name, Kate. Why, this could be some other Dan Santat who's written this book. So, yeah. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, it's sort of real bad now, apparently. I Nobody saw this one coming. So I've only heard it happening once to an author I, quite frankly, hadn't heard of before. But it could be the sign of things to come. We, we might be seeing the next Maurice Sendak. We could be seeing the next uh, Arnold Lobel, the next... James Marshall, if you will. Charles Dickens, back in action. Exactly. Who has to be dead when you've got computers? That's what I say. (laughs) And speaking of people who aren't dead, uh, who are you? Me not dead, Kate. Me not dead, Betsy. And this not dead, Fusate and Kate. Yep. Though I think dead Fusate and Kate would be a very amusing podcast, (laughs) and we need to copyright that ASAP before AI gets to it. I'm already creating tombstones right now. We let's we gotta give. Oh, that's right. You are literally carving tombstones. Yeah. uh, Every day, as far as I can tell. Yep. In preparation for Halloween. Well, you know, you gotta get ready. You know what? (laughs) In the same spirit, I'm going to try to find us some books on Halloween now. Good idea. That we will have ready to go when the season comes. Because what do we do on this podcast, Kate? We review children's picture books. We do. And what do we do when we review them? We put other uh, names on them. And then we're like, ooh, this could be written by (laughs) Judy Bloom. No, it could. Well, maybe it could. I called this Schmer the Schmild things Schmar. (laughs) Yeah. No, Kate. No. Uh, No, we we determine if the books are good or bad. I just thought Arthur Conan Boyle. Oh, that'd be a good one. (laughs) Ew. Yeah, but it'd be good for a tombstone. That's gross. If you want to do like a bunch of like super gross tombstones, I will support you. I am going to do an Ebenezer Scrooge one and put it out for Christmas. Oh, yeah. that's sweet <laughs> and very mixed up. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Um, yes. Yeah, so for today's podcast, I'm a little behind the time. So not that long ago, a movie came out. It was based on a children's picture book series. We'd already done two of the books in the series, so I didn't bother with it. Also, the movie kind of like sank like a stone and no one remembers that it even came out. Uh, But recently, somebody told me about a third book that was in this picture book series. And 
how distinctive it was. And I got the book out and lo and behold, they were correct. So that's the book we're doing today, Kate. Are you ready for it? Okay. All right, here we go. Lovable Lyle. By Bernard Weber. Sure. Um, so yeah, this is the third Lyle book. Because if you remember, we did two Lyle books at once. We did Lyle Lyle Crocodile and we did the house on East, let's say 86th Street, or maybe it was 68th Street. It was one I was of gonna go with 84th Street, but I think that was the If I actually look restaurant. at the back of the book, it was the house on East 88th Street. Oh, so we're, both we're wrong. all incorrect. <laughs> all of us in this room and beyond. But this book, uh, Lovable Isle, I had I had actually never read this one before, and now we have a chance to tackle it for ourselves. It came out originally in 1969, Kate. 1969. Keep that date in your head, all right? Okay. Okay, go read that book. Okay. All right. While Kate does her read, let's talk about something that most people have never, ever talked about. Let's talk about Lyle L. Crocodile, the movie that came out in 2022. Did you see it? No? Did you Did you see? Did you? No. You know, you know who else did not see the film? America, people. America did not see the film. So the plot, as you will recall, was about a family who moves to New York City and their son befriends a singing crocodile who is voiced by Shawn Mendes. So right there. Um, and apparently you didn't miss much. By the way, uh, on the site Rotten Tomatoes, it got a whopping 72%. You know, not the worst of all the movies out there, but not something you're going to pay money for. Uh, clearly, the film was going for Paddington levels, and it ended up more along the lines of, I don't know, Madeline or something. Remember the movie of Madeline? No? Uh, that's my point. Uh, there were a lot of reviews out there. My favorite, actually, comes from uh, Robert Abel on the site The Rap, where he wrote, did Lyle Lyle Crocodile look good in storyboards or sound fun in creative meetings? Because it's a certifiable mess on its webbed hind feet, teetering uncomfortably as both fanciful family comedy and live action animated musical, whether trying to make a dumpster diving look whimsical, it isn't, or the tunes sound like anything but positivity anthem generator readouts. Burn, Robert Abel. Burn. Hello. You know, when you said that to remember that this came out in 19, like... 19 what year? 69? 69. Yeah. What, a, what a prescient year that was, was it not? I, I thought you were going to imply that there were like Vietnam War protests happening in the book, but... So freaking awesome. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, every day we get a little bit closer Lyle, to Lyle, a... Down with war. <laughs> there was a book that came out around that time that was a direct response to it, Vietnam. One of these days we're going to do it, but we haven't done it yet. This book starts off with everyone saying that they... Everyone loved Lyle the Crocodile. The Prim family loved him. The bakery lady. Everybody loves him. The ice cream man. The, uh, there's a bird that loves him. Children love Everybody him. Everybody loves him. Right. What does he do for them? Or is it just because he He's walks charming. on two feet? Well, he walks on two feet, yeah. And he doesn't eat them. And I think it's that combination of fear and respect that make him love him so much. Like, I love you because you're not eating my children right now. Well, it's unusual that he doesn't really have to do much and everyone just loves him. It's true. I mean, he does do some stuff. I mean, later in the book, you, you see him well, do we'll, we'll some get to that. stuff. We'll, we'll get to oh, okay, that. Okay, all right. 
But for now, he's just existing and everyone loves him. Sure, he's cute. Except for one person. It says he didn't have one single enemy or so he thought. Or so he thought. And I was trying to think of who could possibly be his mortal enemy. And then... Is it going to be who I think it is? I, my first thought that came to mind was the man in the yellow hat from the <gasps> Curious George series. I would get that. I was going to say Steve Irwin. Steve I, Irwin. I, I'm going with the man in the yellow hat. Oh, yeah. That guy hates everybody. I mean. He, he would capture. Oh, my exactly. gosh. He would capture Lyle so fast. Yeah. Ooh, now there's a and, series, people. If someone could just, like, take the man with the yellow hat and have him go from, like, children's book to children's book that has, like, wild animals in it. Yeah. Capturing them. And then, <gasps> uh, you know, use them for money. And yes, then... selling them to zoos. Yeah. As is his want. I mean, that was my thought. But, no, uh, it, 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 he just gets this note under his door that Creepy says, note. I hate you. I hate you more than anything. I hate you so much I can't stand it. Signed, your enemy. I mean, this is online trolling before we had the internet. Yeah. Essentially, this is someone just going up on a just, message board. Yeah, it's just yeah. bullying. Yeah, it's just basic bullying. Through notes. Right. Right. So, In a written fashion. Yeah. So he goes to bed. He's concerned, you know, that someone out there hates him. But, I'd be concerned. But the next day, you know, he plays with, you know, the, the children and he's having a fine time. And then he gets another note. Uh, and it says, I hate you even more today than I did yesterday, if that is at all possible. <laughs> I love that note. I love the little end cap on that one. But I didn't even think it was possible to hate you more, and yet I woke up this morning and it happened. And yet, he seems to think that maybe he's growing ugly, so that is why he is being hated I on? mean... You think about it. When someone's hating on you online, suddenly all your insecurities come to the fore. Well, so you're like, maybe it's because I'm ugly. Well, um, and his solution is, I'm gonna start practicing smiling, which I'm like, I'm not okay. It's a lot more teeth, but all right, I'm not you following do. your logic here, yeah. but okay. But I do like that. While he's in the bathroom, the clawfoot tub feet are the same color as him. Oh, that's almost disturbing. <laughs> I like, like it, though. Like they killed a crocodile before him and they turned the feet into the tub. <laughs> or maybe they just painted him green, which would be a much cuter thing. Yeah. Well, and now he's going out of his way to be the friendliest, happiest, nicest crocodile he can possibly be. Mm. He is smiling big. He's waving big. He's greeting everyone as doing warmly tricks. and as joyously as possible. Yes, he's doing tricks. Though on the page where he's just smiling and waving at everyone, there's this guy on the stairs who, he looks like Brett Gelman. He, oh my um, gosh. And who played the bad guy in the Lyle Lyle Crocodile movie? I don't know. Brett Gelman. Shut up. I am not even making this up. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. Brett Gelman played the bad guy. For people who don't know who Brett Gelman, he was Murray from Stranger Things yeah. or Martin from Fleabag. Right. Um, no, that literally is who he was. Oh my it's gosh. It's so weird you would say that and not know that. No. You must have subconsciously known that. No, I on didn't. On some know. level. Uh uh-uh. uh. Huh. Too funny. That's so weird. I, yeah, but, that's because, clearly him. Well, at first I thought it was the the writer and I looked up Well, actually it, I looked it up what been. no, I looked up what Bernard Weber oh, looks look like. It. He never had a beard. Oh, see, I I would have said the same thing. But yeah. this so Lyle's doing these tricks, right? And he's performing in front of all these people to amuse them, including an armless nun. Oh yeah. <laughs> Armless she, nuns need the most amusement. <laughs> I, she's my favorite. If I had to have a tattoo, it would be the armless nun. Yeah. <laughs> she's 
She's like an escapee from Madeline. Anyway, so he's like helping all these people. He's opening doors for people. He's offering seats to people on crowded buses in which I'm like, where did he get the money to even get on the bus in the first place? And did he just eat the person who was in the seat so he could offer a seat to someone else? Oh, no. He could have because the bus driver does not look very happy with this. No. And then it says he shared his umbrella. And I'm like, dude. You are a crocodile. You do not need an <laughs> you umbrella. You don't. Water just runs off. Give back, man. the poor old just women. Just give them the umbrella. You're the yeah. umbrella, right? But these ladies. But then they wouldn't know who to be grateful to. But, but well, the old ladies are like, my, doesn't he have nice manners? I've never seen anything like it. And I'm like, well, I just. He's trying to buy their love, Kate. He's trying to buy it. Well, yeah, because by the end of the day, he it says he worked so hard at being nice, he was positively exhausted by the end of the day. Being nice shouldn't be exhausting. If you're that tired, mm. it's because you're performing. Exactly, and it's completely useless because if someone hates you, I don't care how many nice things you do, odds are they're not hating you for a good reason. So, yeah. Well, they find uh, graffiti on the street that says "Down with Crocodiles." I mean, and, this is getting real at this point. Yeah, and then it's a hate crime territory. And then the best, I think, the best message of the book comes halfway through the book, not at the end. Interesting, but halfway through, and it says, "Well, Lyle," and the, this is the mother. I guess, of Lyle, Lyle's adoptive mother. Yeah. She says, it seems no matter how much we may think we want to, it isn't always possible to please everyone or be liked by everyone. I mean, that's so true. Yeah. It's 100% true. I don't care how many, like, things you juggle. There are going to be some jerks out there. Yeah, you can't please everyone. Who don't like you for literally no reason, and there's nothing you can do. So that... Why couldn't they have ended on that message? <laughs> Why yeah, is there actually, like I, 50 pages left to go, Betsy? I 100% agree with you about this. Yes. Instead... It was such a nice change from last week. We meet Clover Sue Hipple, which when I read it, because Hipple is spelled H-I-P-P-L-E, oh. I read it as hippie. Hippie. Or, or hippie. Yeah. Hippies again. With, with the name of <laughs> Clover Sue Hippie. Clover Sue. Clover does, Sue Hippie. I mean, come on. Clover Sue does sound like hippie name. Gotta say. Uh, so she, I kind of like it. Clover. They, they see her at their front stoop. Um, but by the time they, they reach the door, uh, she's gone away. And there's a note. Of course, there's a note. And it reads, Dear Lyle, I wish you would go away and never come back ever, ever, ever again. Signed, your enemy. So now they're seeing this Clover Sue chick everywhere. They're yeah. seeing her. At- I suspect she was always around, but they didn't really notice her until like that first time. And right. now you can't not notice her. Right. They they see her at the supermarket. They see her behind a tree, crouched behind a mailbox. And I'm like, just talk to this chick's parents because they like, they, seriously, they try and go up to her and she like skitters away. So right. it's like, just call her parents. Well, except... If you don't know so who she rocket is, science. like then how? No, you they gonna... know who it is. They 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 got. They knew her name was Clover Sue. That's they, true. Oh, it, That's and true. it does say earlier that she is in Joshua's class. Oh, okay. Well, there She's you go. She's the new girl yeah, in Joshua's yeah, yeah. class. So they yeah contact your parents. Be like, why are your kids stalking us, man? Yeah. Why is your kid writing awful and, notes? And... Yeah. Well, they don't have evidence. They don't have proof of. Yes, that they do. Yet. They have the notes. Well, they have the notes. The handwriting but... would match perfectly. Oh, I see. Well, that's if you take her to. The... <laughs> 
police, but yeah, I mean, at this point... I mean, it's harassment, so... Well, now, turn the page, and now they have the evidence. So. Okay, well, well... That's the, when you do so. Well, it, right, so the Mrs. Prim, the mother, she, like, notices a note being wiggled underneath the door. She opens the door, and there's... Those there's Clover Sue and all of her guiltiness Guilty holding on to the notes, and the mother's, like, trying to reason with the chick. Like, why Why are you writing these why notes? Why are you freaking harassing my crocodile? And the chick's like, well, he takes my friends away from me. That's a stupid reason. <laughs> when Lyle comes, my friends run away because they want to play with him and they don't want to play with me. And the mom's like, well, why don't you play with Lyle too? And she says, because I'm not allowed. My mother said I'm not allowed to play with crocodiles. Ooh. And I'm like, are we getting hints of, like... Yeah, we are. Oh. 1969, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this, I, I was like, are we getting, un-, I wrote in my notes, are we getting undercurrents of racism here? We're getting overt undercurrents. Oh. I would even say overcurrents. Over, or, over undercurrents. Maybe, maybe just currents. <laughs> Lots of, we're having currents, we're people. Just, it's a lot of currents, man. <laughs> it's just in the water. So at this point, uh, finally, uh, Mrs. Prim calls the chick's mom and is like, look, why don't you come over you can come over for tea. You can meet Lyle. It'll be all good. Mm-hmm. And uh, and sure, the 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 mother is like, oh, I super prejudiced mother. Yes, she's like, I don't know who Lyle is. That must be the husband. So sure, I'll come over. Yeah, Lyle doesn't sound like a crocodile name. Right. To be fair, it doesn't really. I mean, what would be a crocodile name? Assumptions, Kate. Assumptions. What would you? What is a pro- proper crocodile name? Uh, crockpot. Yeah, I was thinking it's crocky in the crocky way. Yeah, I, I could crock about the crocodile. Yeah, absolutely. Everything in their name is has to have the word crock in it. Though. Yeah, so, so, so the uh, crock. <laughs> so the lady comes over, right, and they're having tea, and Lyle is too afraid to meet. Look, Mrs. I'll blame Mrs. Ryan, Lyle for this one. I'm like, you know what? I'm with Lyle. There's so, some lady who just hating on you for no reason at all. Well, he hides in the closet throughout the entire tea time. Mm. But then, you know, tea time is over. They got to open the closet door to get the coats out. At which point, it Lyle, like summer, he kind okay. of like falls out of the closet and like scares, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Mrs. Hipple lady. And right. she's like, let me out of here. Let me out of this terrible house. And she's furious and Lyle is scared and Mrs. Prim's trying to calm the lady's nerves and it's not working and she's like if that crocodile ever crosses my path I'm gonna have him arrested and it's like lady how does that work can you just like take a deep breath Seriously. calm down <sighs> but no now Lyle thinks he's gonna be locked up uh, oh. <laughs> and arrested so the Prims are like look we need to like distract him make him feel happy again let's just take him to the beach sure so they take him to the beach. Which apparently they've done before. I am going to assume because they think this is no big deal. Well, yeah. They know that he's a really good swimmer. So, right. He's a crocodile. And there's a big pile of water. Sure. <laughs> Did you say <laughs> pile of water? Yep. A- That's what the beach has. Piles and piles of water. We do a so podcast. Many piles. Talking is hard. So they, so they go to the beach and there's a ton of people there and he jumps in the water and and the most disgusting water I have ever seen. <laughs> it is this lime green algae like yeah, E. coli it looks like a full lake. of it's just dis- no. 
No, Lake Michigan is not and I this. And Lake Michigan. Pea I said green. Lake, like normal lakes don't look like Lake Michigan. This so, is disgusting. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying it doesn't look like a. So, but ocean. he's having a grand old time in this water, and uh, everyone is having a good time. But then Mrs. Hipple and <sighs> and her daughter come to the beach. Her clover and and child. Yes, clover goes into the water. Mrs. Hipple is like ignoring her child. Just she. Well, she goes to the lifeguard and she's like, "Do you permit crocodiles to bathe here?" And the lifeguard says, certainly not, but he n- can see. No, he's seen him the entire time. Yeah. He's not blind. He's kind of like, well, that's not a crocodile. That's Lyle, so whatever, dude. Yeah, and she's like, well, you should be interested in knowing that there's a crocodile out there. Ugh, and Her phrasings. At which point, um, her daughter is drowning yeah. in the Nobody's water. Nobody's noticing this. Like, the lifeguard's distracted. She's not paying attention to her daughter. Right. Her daughter somehow has managed to get 500 yards deep into the ocean. Yes. And, with waves. And the lifeguards are now getting on a, like a rowboat. Which will take them like half an hour to get there, but okay. Yeah, Meanwhile, sure. Lyle sees her and is like headed straight for her because he knows that he can get to her faster than now, the lifeguards. This would be an opportune moment for him to take care of all his problems. He could just eat her. He could just eat her. Or drown her. No one would The even... possibilities are endless here. I mean, here. you could do both. It do... It's not an either or. I mean. But I'm thinking, if I'm Clover, you probably don't want to see a crocodile headed your way. That Especially you've when you've been, like, insulting. Threatening them. Yeah, yeah, you've been threatening him continually, and now you are at his And now time. he's looking at you with those big teeth, and he's yeah. like, my time's come. <laughs> Revenge! But no, instead. Oh, it's a picture book. That's he, right. right. It's instead, American picture book. He yeah. saves her. And uh, Mrs. Hipple's like, you're a hero. How can I ever thank you? And he becomes an honorary lifeguard. And then the next day he gets a note that says, I love you. I love you more than anything. I love you so much. I can't stand it. Can I play with you? Your friend for life. And my mom said, it's okay if we play, blah, blah, blah. So the moral of the story is, is as long as you save your enemy's life, Precisely. then that is how you make friends. Okay, so... Wait, we, what? <laughs> did we ever do the Berenstain Bears book with the skunks who moved next door? No, but I think okay, you told I, me I about it. Okay, I threatened to do this one yeah. with you, and I never did it. Um, it would have been a good one to do, but it would have meant that we pretty much just specialize in all bad Berenstain Bear books. <laughs> but the whole one with that one is like, a skunk moves in next door. And Papa Bear is like super prejudiced against skunks and says how awful they are. And then on the bus, there's a bully who's bullying the bear kids and then the skunk threatens them. And then they're like, skunk, you're the best. And again, it's the same dang message. It's like, look, people from minorities, as long as you protect certain members of the overarching group, uh, possibly by saving their lives or with violence, uh, then you'll be accepted. It's really the only way. Until then, they will discriminate against you yeah. and treat you like crap. And there's <laughs> literally nothing you can do about it. You're just going to have to take it. Just, so, have just fun with because that. you've existed. It, because you yeah. existed in a world in which you are the minority. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. So when you said, when that book was like halfway through and it was like, look... Here's not, the deal. Not everyone's going to like not you, and that's okay. Not everyone's going to like you, and that's okay. You don't have to be liked by everybody. should have the end of the book right there. It would have been mean, great. it's not a bad message, and it's not yeah. one we tend to see for kids very often. And they need to learn that. Ratings time. Well, it's super long. I don't mind. I mean, they used to be long. That was sort of old picture books as ways. Remember Eloise? It's I like try, Moby I try, Dick, that I try thing. not it's to. so yeah. freaking long. The book had a good message, and then it ruined it at the end. 
Um, and it had the most disgusting swimming water I've ever seen. So <laughs> I wouldn't call this a classic. At most, I would give it a four out of ten. At yeah. most. Yeah, I mean, I like it a little bit more than you just because I feel like the early Lyle books, the art was sort of you can't, where you it can't was compa- going. You can't compare. I know, I know, I know. Okay, fine. But okay, let's just say that the, But I like the art in this book. I don't mind the gross water. Um, it's disgusting. And yeah, who hasn't swum in gross it's water? Like e. coli it's, it's like disgusting. when you go into the lake and you put your foot down, but instead of like sand, it's like that mucky, muddy sand and your foot just kind of like slips into it with the algae that's ew, growing on the ew, bottom stop, of the lake. Stop. That's what that water stop. is. Anyway... Um, I don't mind that, but I don't like the messaging at the end. I feel like it's a, it's an old retro message that used to be given a lot in kids' books. I do really like how the, like, the hate crime prejudice stuff begins to build and build. And I was like, this is super familiar. And I do wish there had been a better solution to it. Because they kept being like, let's just be friendly with the hating people. It's like, don't be friendly with the hating people. That's not going to change their minds at all. And it doesn't until, like, the saving the life thing. So uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm a 4.5. Okay, with our yeah. scores combined, it's below it's, a 5, so it's not it's a classic. It's not a classic. I'm sorry, folks. You know, we got to do we gotta do a book that is a classic one of these days. I no, feel we like we've been... Uh, no, two-thirds of our reviews have been classics, and a third have oh, been... Oh, really? Yep. Oh, well, then I'll just keep on keeping on. Yeah, we I'll... need to get a more 50-50. All right, all right. Letters time. Ooh. All right, our first comment comes from Puss Reboots, uh, who said, and this was about Farmer Duck. This was specifically about the picture in Farmer Duck of, you know, where that gutter was nowhere near the ground, uh-huh, and yeah. I was concerned about the basement. I was concerned about flooding the foundation, yeah. Well, there we go. Well, she said, is there a basement in the book? My thought went first to the lack of ventilation because of the windows. It's going to get hot in there in the summer, thinking as a reader in California where basements aren't usually a thing. Yeah, that's true. Not a bad point. Not a bad point. And the second uh, comment comes from Peter. Uh, He was the one who had asked us before about different books that we would see as horror um, titles. He was like, Goodnight Moon was a good answer for horror picture books, by the way. Thank you. Old woman just staring at you in the corner, (laughs) not sure if she's related to you or not. Watching you sleep, and then she dis- and then she disappears, and then she disappears, and you're like, "Was there an old lady there? Is she related to me? I'm a child. I don't know." Yeah, yeah, well, that's a good. And thing. the color scheme alone is frightening. So. Oh well, that's a whole different <laughs> issue right there. Yeah, a grown-up things we like. You go first. All right, so I don't usually do this, but on my site, a fuse number eight production, my my blog, which school library journal hosts. Once in a while, I have a guest post from somebody who will write in and they'll write some stuff. And I, I don't take many ghost posts, but I'll take a couple. Well, M.T. Anderson is a fantastic author, and he asked if he could do a guest post. And I was like, hey, yeah, you can, sure. So he did a post called uh, Elf Dog LaRue. It was about how during the pandemic, he was completely isolated in Vermont, in the country, in this old rickety mansion uh and the only companionship he had was his dog and as you know i'm a uh, i'm fine with dogs i ain't a dog person i had to label this not safe for work because i didn't want people just openly weeping at their desks (laughs) uh, over it's a very good piece and a very good dog and so if you like good dogs i think you will like this piece so just look up 
I think if you even Google like Elf Dog LaRue, it'll probably come up on my site. A Fuse Number 8 production. Okay. It's a good dog. Okay. It's a good boy. Well, mine's a little different. So I, you know, we always talk about like what my tattoo would be in certain picture books. Mm -hmm. Like this book would be The Armless Nun. Yeah, heck yeah. And then I was thinking, well, if I ever got a tattoo, like an actual tattoo, because I don't have any, what would I get? And I was like, well, I think I would get a thistle. I think it, it's a good representation. It's yeah. from, it's Scottish, you know, it's easy to grow. Exactly. Sure. And then I was like, well, good for bees. What if, what about other members of my family? Like if I had a flower that represented them, what would it be? And so I asked all of you. Oh, well, you asked what our favorite flower was. You didn't say what flower we thought we were was. Well, is there a difference? Absolutely. Really? Just because I like something doesn't think I'm it. So you had said that your favorite sure. was an oriental lily like grow, in pink but... white. Mm-hmm. And so well, what flower would you say represents you? I don't know, Kate. I have to give this like lots and lots and lots of thought. You make a good point, though, because like my favorite flower is like a bearded iris. Right. But I would want... I wouldn't want that tattoo. No, I mean, you wouldn't want I'd a want a iris on you. So yeah. then we, I asked our folks, you sure, know, what they're... They so mom's favorite flower, our mother is a poet, and I thought it was very <laughs> ironic that her favorite flower is called Poet's Narcissus, which is a type of daffodil. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, our father is a big fan of uh, roses, so his was a pink Olivia Rose Austin. Oh, nice. Um, Drew's, my, my husband, he chose an orange daylily, and... Well, and our brother, he's not really into flowers, no. so I, I was looking up different flowers, and I discovered one called moonflowers. They're very similar <laughs> to morning glories, yeah. um, but they can grow in very tall. He's, he's very, very tall. tall. Uh, in confined spaces. He he's, a, lives a in a confined apartment. space. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it can do well without a lot of water. Or <laughs> light, I take it. <laughs> and uh, comes out at night. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. this beautiful, like, blue-purple. Nice, right? blue like, yeah. But they're also in white, too. Anyway, so I encourage you, if you don't know what your friends or family's favorite flowers are, ask them. Because uh, it, you'll hear a lot of different things that you wouldn't expect. And I might it, go for Lily of the Valley. Oh, okay. Okay. That, that, okay, so you want that, you change that? You yeah, want... well, they make cute red berries in, in the fall, so. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay, you're a cute red berry. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I smell amazing. Okay, there I'm it just is. Saying, <laughs> with my little tiny bells. <laughs> so cute. And uh, that's it. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. That's very good. Thank yeah. you. Very good. Well, we won't be here next week uh, because I'm going to Canada. Well, and... And you're going somewhere too, right? And I'm going to Las Vegas. There you go. The Canada of America. You know, it's it's my birthday. Yeah, it is your birthday. It is my birthday. It is your birthday. That is a fact. That is a statement of fact. So if people would like to send me birthday presents, they, they are more than welcome to. <laughs> Feel free to send them to uh, Betsy Bird at the Evanston Public Library, and she will send them to me. <laughs> I mean, that literally will happen, and now people will do it. Yay! Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't send food. Okay. Cool. And until people uh, send you any presents, Kate. Yay! I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. 
or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Drew Drew Crocodrew is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.